The global leisure boats industry right now stands at $38 billion and it's expected to rise to $52 billion in just a handful of years. What's all the fuss? Well, we're right on the cusp of summer right now and we're bringing it to you now in a buy, hold, sell special report about the leisure boating industry. And I have the expert of all experts here, a friend, a dear old friend, someone who I've known for decades right now. This guy was born on a boat, he sells boats, he lives boats, and he knows everything about this industry. Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, Todd Whitman. Todd Schoenberger, thank you very much for the intro. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, you know, it's you got way, the right first name. It's been way too long. <laughs> it has been way too long, and there's no doubt about that. It's been way too long. And I tell you what, though, Todd, from day one when I met you, all you did was talk about boats. And here you are. You are the yacht broker for not 10 yacht sales on the Chesapeake Bay. You yourself are down on the Eastern Shore, beautiful part of Maryland, by the way. And here you are right there, and you have all the yachts, all the boats right there at your fingertips right now. And not only that, you know all about the trends that are taking place. Todd, tell the audience though, give everyone a little bit of intro about you because I know you're selling yachts and you're selling boats, but maybe uh, there's a little bit more to this. All right, be happy to do it. So. Thank you for the intro, Todd. I've been doing this uh, in excess of 20 years, both in the new boat sales. I've migrated mostly towards huge product and brokerage uh, with Not 10 Yacht Sales about 12 years ago. We're kind of a go-to organization. We're up and down the eastern seaboard uh, and out to the Great Lakes. And uh, we list and sell. We're like a real estate agent for boats. So we're on the ground looking at market trends, what's what's selling, what's not selling. And, you know, we have a pretty good also know what's going on in the industry. Fantastic. So everything I'm reading, I, I look at all these publications. And the one thing that Toby and I, now that we're co-hosting Buy, Hold, Sell, and we're doing it with some just A-list you know, a celebrity guests from Wall Street that are coming on our show. And we're getting a lot of feedback from a lot of different sectors. And they're asking us to say, look, you know what, take a look at what we're selling and what we're doing might be something that's there. Usually that doesn't move the needle for us. But what does is when I start reading about big trends that are taking place, and especially when you have this so-called recession that we're supposed to be hitting here in the United States, yet you still have a lot of people that are buying these boats right now. So I want to ask you a first question is, well, are you seeing any type of a slowdown when it comes to selling boats? Well, we saw a huge volume of folks push into this activity during COVID. Eh? You, you look, we call them COVID buyers in our industry where they were flush with cash. They had nowhere else to go. So a lot of families bought these boats. They've used them. And the life cycle in our industry is that people have a boat for three to four years. And then there's two things that pop up. Either they go, this is the expense it doesn't warrant for the amount of use it's getting, or we love this activity and we want to get something else. And we were really surprised. We expected to see a lot of fallout in our industry where we had people who had bought boats during those COVID years getting out. And what we have really found is a lot of them have kind of pushed all in and are now buying bigger, more expensive boats and are realizing that this is what they want to do with not only their spare income, but their spare time, which is even more important. And uh, we, granted, we, we are not, I think 2021 will be kind of a high watermark in our industry, but it's not like the bottom has fallen out. We have still remained very busy over the past you know, 24 months since that high watermark. Well, I am stunned by the numbers that I'm seeing right now. I mean, when we always have, we like to have special reports on Buy, Hold, Sell, where we cover different areas that we know the audience enjoys. I mean, we'll, have, we'll talk about fine art, 
with uh, Amanda Robin Wood down in Texas, and she could really give us a trend. And everything she's saying is that people are still buying art and they're spending a lot of money on art. And then on the wine side, we just did a, a wine show with Monique Sultani, where she's talking about the growth and appreciation of wine if you are an investor in wine. And now I'm talking, I'm looking at the boats and, and this the boat data that's coming out and everything for that the Rob report is publishing is showing at least a five to six percent growth rate per year for the next five years in an industry that I would think is a tough sell, but it seems like a lot of people are migrating to that and being on the boat side. Are you seeing a lot of buyers right now? Are they all cash buyers? Are they having to take out loans, equity loans? I mean, what what are your clients doing? So prior to COVID, we found that maybe 50-50 was a you know, cash transaction or whether you know the other 50% would be financed. And I would say it's even moved more towards the cash side, uh, which is surprising. And I, now, I don't if somebody takes out a home equity line of credit to purchase a boat, I don't I don't see that side of the equation. If somebody's financing, of course I'll know because I'll be in direct contact with their lender. But I would say right now it's probably still about 50-50, maybe 60-40 cash to, to to finance. And they're still financing is still available, but we are starting to see the rates. You're starting to have that conversation about payments and rates, et cetera. And our our buyers are not typically, you know, payment sensitive, but when you start to go from a, you know, a 5% mortgage on a boat to a seven and a half percent, it it makes people stop and think for a little bit. Yeah, you're right about that. So not 10 yacht sales is the just at the elite side, I would, I would say from a yacht selling type of operation. You guys deal with the best. You have the best boats, the highest quality boats, and the, obviously the, the finest customers. But right there on the Chesapeake Bay, you are in the heartbeat of the yachting mm-hmm. world. I mean, we were being in, from Annapolis. I mean, you remember uh, all the time you said you and I had spent going out uh, in, in the towns right on the water. And it was great. We had so much fun. But everybody we're talking to is a waterman. That's what they do. Yeah. That's their hobby. Now, are you seeing any out-of-town people? I know that you guys are up and down the eastern seaboard, but are you seeing maybe foreign investors that are coming in and looking to buy these boats? Um, you, you do get some South American buyers in our in our business. You don't see so much, too much going to uh, Europe or even the Far East. Most of it's domestic. One of the trends that we found over the course of the past five years is that traditionally when you when you would list a boat, it would sell in the same market in which it was being advertised where that's kind of migrated where I'd say 40 to 50% of what we sell leaves the state in which it was, um, it was listed in, which is unusual Mm -hmm. because traditionally it was a, you listed in Maryland or listed in, in Rhode Island. And then that's where it would sell. But now it seems to have migrated where people, there's a, there's a lot of low, there's a low inventory right now and people are hunting and pecking for the right boat. So where you would traditionally, if you were looking for a specific boat, you'd say, okay, I'm going to look within this 60, 90 mile radius. Well, if you can't find it, then you'll start to broaden your horizons and look, you know, in a different market just to be able to find the right boat at the right price. So that's what we're starting to, that's what we've seen that over the past five years. So is this, I mean, it's probably a stupid question. Is this your busy season coming up, coming up this summer? Yeah. So I would say our, our busiest time is literally from March. Here in the mid-Atlantic, we have to winterize the boats, and and basically they're in a state of storage from, say, the first of the year till about the first week of March. Once they're able to get out of that storage mode, we're able to consummate deals that we wrote over the winter and write new business. So from 
literally March 1 to the end of June is probably the busiest time for us. But we, we sell all throughout the entire calendar. August, during that back-to-school time, is one of the slower, slower times. And the holidays are the, the two slowest points in our business. But we, we, li- we list and we sell literally throughout that in the, the entire year. Wow, that sounds great. Well, listen, we're going to leave it on that on that note, on that block, because, Todd, coming up after the break, I have to ask you to really get into some of these. I mean, I'm sure there are both brands that are out there, the best boat brands. I know our yep. audience is probably, probably on the edge of their seats right now wondering what the hottest boat is to own right now. But we're going to definitely bring it right to you. So please stay with us on Buy, Hold, Sell. We'll be right back after the break. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American-built, owned, and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act, which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American Maritime, while also being accessible for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnership's YouTube channel. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to Buy, Hold, Sell, special report on the boating industry. And I have with us Todd Whitman. He is a yacht broker at Not 10 Yacht Sales down in Maryland. They're located on the Chesapeake Bay. And he himself is sunning it right now at his compound on the Eastern Shore. <laughs> and I, Todd's a dear old friend of mine. And uh, we've known each other for decades. And he has been in this business for over 20 years right now. 
So he is the expert among experts. And I brought the right guy for us for to explain this on the show. And Todd, we just sent at the last block really talking about the experiences that you've had with customers and people buying the yachts, whether they're cash buyers or finance buyers. But now I think the audience really wants to know, what's the hottest boat right now? What's the one boat that I need to have and everyone else wants in the water because they want to brag about it? Well, so if you look at that ego type of boat, which all boats are kind of ego, you got <laughs> you got multiple amount of brands and I don't want to be brand specific but a lot of people have migrated to these large center consoles with multiple four-stroke outboards on them. Some of them are pushing 600 horsepower a piece and you'll have four of them. It is ludicrous. And that's that's the direction the industry has gone to, to outboard power where, you know, you and I, when we were going up, you go to Ocean City, Maryland, you see these big sport fish with the big diesel engines. Oh, are. yeah. Now, now you look at a 40, 50-foot center console with four outboards hanging off the back. And uh, with colors that are just in your face. It's uh, it's really the direction the, the industry's gone and everything's fly-by-wire, joystick steering, um, what we call a glass cockpit where you have all your electronics are flush-mounted in the dash where it just looks like a, a piece of, looks like you have a couple of iPads in front of you, all touch screen. Wow. And that's, that's the way everything has kind of moved over the course of the past five years or so. So then that leads to this question where in the auto industry, we've seen the trend to electric vehicles, these EVs. Is it possible for a boat to be an all electric type of uh, watercraft? There are some manufacturers now that are starting to test the water, so to speak, as far as going completely EV. Um, The neat thing is, is our, our industry is kind of set up where it would be an easy transition. You go to any of those marinas where you have what are called what's called shore power. That's what you where you plug your boat in to run all your household electric. So the infrastructure is there to be able to to recharge these boats when they become available. But right now, uh, our industry always kind of lags behind the auto industry by about 15, 20 years. So I don't see that trickling down to the masses probably for another 10 or 15 years, although everything's kind of amplified because the the things move pretty quick. So who knows, yeah. maybe in five to 10 years, we'll, we'll find a boat that, uh, that'll be a complete full electric that can, um, that that's viable. Cause most of these, most of the time when you're on a boat, you're on it for six to eight hours and gasoline or diesel is, is just by far the most, um, palatable way to do it. Yeah. It makes sense. Then. So, um, I remember attending the boat show in Annapolis. I'm sure that's a big <laughs> uh, thing for you. And I'm sure you it's, our, it's our Super Bowl. There. It's your Super Bowl. That's right. That's right. So I remember you walk into, I mean, it's like walking into an RV, you know, these RVs are equipped, they, they hop out, you know, they're they're like these master rooms that they have. So with these boats, I remember going to these boats. I mean, they're just, it's, it's amazing what you see inside these boats. I mean, they're, they're literally, uh, you know, just very, it's just a polished environment that you don't even feel like you're on the boat. It's not like it used to be. Um, are there any trends, anything that's happening with boats now? I mean, with is it all top line stuff, top refrigerators, top appliances? I mean, soap was everything. Or is that, <laughs> is, is that just adds to the cost so much 
that people are saying, you know what, I just rather have the real long boat and that's it. So if you look at where we were on, you know, a decade ago is most people would buy these big cruising yachts and they bring their families on board and they would spend the nights. So you'd have two, three cabins and, and wow. all this stuff. And then I think what happened is that they realized that it's that a lot of those things just aren't being utilized. So they've migrated into what are what's called day boating, where you're, you're, you come down, you hop in the boat, you, you run to from here to Annapolis or up to Baltimore. I'm speaking here locally in the Mar Market. And you're on the boat for the day, and you, when you're done, you you pack everything up and go home. So that's kind of what things have migrated to, and it's mainly because of the time. And that you know, you got kids' events, you have family commitments, and to have all the that stuff um, mm-hmm. that's not being mm-hmm. utilized. So that, now there's always going to be a market for those motor yachts and what we call express boats with cabins, where uh, but everything's kind of migrated more towards day boating. And, um, and I think it's not because of money because they're, they're by no means less expensive. It's not because it's a a budget. It's just because people just go, I'm not going to have all this shit on my boat if I'm not going to use it. Yeah. (laughs) And that makes a lot of sense. So are the, are the people that are boating, are they, I mean, growing up, I mean, my uncle had a charter fishing business down on Ken Island and, you know, we would go out, I would go out as a kid, my cousins and I, and we'd help out, you know, with these guys who are out there just fishing. But I mean, that's a whole other animal, right? I mean, because I mean, if you're mm-hmm. buying, if I'm going to spend top dollar for a fancy boat, I don't want a bunch of guys coming around drinking canned beer and fishing off of the back. What do you mean? It's already enough the place. I mean, fishing boats are different than leisure boats, right? Yeah. But if you look at like when we were talking about those center consoles that are, you know, started a million bucks, they're at their heart, they're really fishing boats. And some people will actually use those for hardcore fishing, but. The things that are running, I mean, here we have striped bass or what are called right rockfish. I mean, it seems silly to buy a million dollar center console to catch a 24 inch fish because you've got a silly, but they do it all the time. So it's again, it's it's ego. It's it's getting out on the water. It's literally going from one dock bar to the next and and, and really just being able to decompress and not have to worry about, you know, sitting on 95 or, or worrying about get things at the office you hop in it and you just you literally shut off the outside world and go wherever you want and doesn't really it doesn't really matter what you do with it i mean I, a lot of people have these fishing style boats but they're really designed to, to as more like suvs think of them in, in that regard now sometimes they'll have a small cabin uh, and air conditioning and generators and now they've got gyros to keep the thing from rocking so it's always flat and even so it's, wow. it's it's gotten silly that is something else that's some technology then so you you used the word earlier todd and i have to ask you use the word yacht so what defines a yacht <laughs> usually it's this it's the son of a bitch behind the helm <laughs> to us in our world they're always, bo- <laughs> they're always they're always boats um okay and you know uh, Traditionally, I mean, if, if the boat was over 60 feet, you could call it a yacht. But even if you were at a marina and I got a guy who's got a 110 foot bed ship sitting there, he's still he's going, it's a boat. It's they're all just boats. They're just boats. They're just, yeah, I was just, That's all just they are. That. Glorified pieces of plastic. There you go. And they all look good. They are very shiny. That's yep. for sure. Especially in, in Eco Alley in Annapolis. Uh, <laughs> no yep. doubt about that. So are you seeing a. Uh, what about the trend with women? Uh, are women more women? Do you see more women buyers? I at think this time? one of the most exciting things that we've seen 
over the, the past few years is how many people have, again, pushed into this activity, whether they, whether it be women, whether they be, uh, you know, a lot of, I, I, I hate to even use the term minorities because I don't even look at them that way, but the, you know, Hispanics, African-Americans, literally it's, what you're it's seeing. Changing. Yeah, for the good. The more people we get in this activity, the better. And you you are seeing what's what's interesting is that when you look at going back to to women, is you're starting to see them being an integral part in in pushing for this lifestyle and going. You know what? This is you only have a short window of opportunity with your kids and being able to raise them the way you want. And you can either have them sitting in front of a screen like this, or you can have them out uh, in nature, whether it's in a small boat kicking around a back creek or whether it's in a bigger boat. It's just being able to experience life and experience nature um, is something you, you know, if you can give that to your kids, you're giving them a lot. Yeah. It sounds like the demographic definitely is expanding. It's not like it was, uh, you know, back in the day where you think of, um, you know, the 10 night white guys. Caddyshack. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Caddyshack. <laughs> you know, it's out there. And you know, that, and I would imagine that's great though. It's great for, for the industry as well. And it explains sure. the growth because, one thing that when I was doing my homework for this interview and I looked at the reopening of China and now the, the, the Chinese and how interested they are in this sector right now explains why in that part of the world, they're actually experiencing double digit growth rates for yacht sales, boating sales. And, and so that explains a lot. So you definitely are opening it up where everybody sees the enjoyment of being on the water. And I can see that as well. So what about on the commercial side? Um, are you seeing, I mean, because we're talking about individuals. I'd imagine if you're a charter fisherman, the only way you're really going to make any money is to have multiple boats. I mean, you're going to have, it's just like having a franchise. You want to have multiple businesses, multiple locations. Are you seeing anything from the commercial side where people are saying, look, I need to have two or three of these things out there for crabbing, fishing, picking up, uh, you know, the, the rockfish, whatever it is. I mean, we, we don't see a lot in the, we don't see a lot, we don't see a lot on the commercial side of the equation. Right. Um, and, and mainly I think it's just because in our, in this market where we are, that's just not a, a really large segment of the industry. I think as you push south into Florida, where you can run these things 24 months, uh, you know, 12 months out of yeah. the year versus here where you're kind of handicapped because our, our season is, is literally just from April 1 to October 31st, speaking in generality. So it really, um, here we just don't see it. Uh, if you're going to talk about trends and, and look at the commercial side, I think you should look at more about the publicly traded companies in our industry that are making some large plays. I mean, if you look at one of the principal retailers in our business is Marine Max. They sell Brunswick product, which is Sea Rave, Austin Whaler, a couple other manufacturers. But they actually were having such a supply chain issue that they decided to buy a manufacturer to help feed them inventory. They bought a company called Cruisers Yachts out of Wisconsin to basically build boats for them to be able to retail because they were having such supply chain issues. So, wow. So that's one of the neat things. And there's a lot of consolidation where you're starting to see companies buying up a lot of these small operations and bringing them under one umbrella. It's a, it's a really segmented organ, uh, you know, industry. There's a lot of 
boutique type builders and there's opportunities, uh, but it's uh, it, there's also a lot of risk. Yeah, no, I'm sure there is actually. And um, that's great. I mean, I, I know our audience would, would definitely enjoy hearing about that with any any type of a publicly traded company. It's amazing. There was a yacht business out in Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> of all, yeah, there are of a lot places. of big build, builders in a, on the uh, on the Great Lakes. Lot, wow. I think it's mainly, yeah, there's a, there, are, there are quite a few. And most of it's in the southern states, Florida, Georgia, Carolinas. Yeah. But you see some big boat manufacturers that were in the Great Lakes or are in the Great Lakes. That is great. That is great. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to leave it there because I definitely want to follow up with you again um, after the summer and see how things went. How um, if you did have a, a number of uh, sales that were big. Oh, one last question. What's the biggest boat slash yacht you've ever sold? So uh, it's not so much length as much as price range, but usually, you know, 60 feet, million dollars. That's kind of the, the, the pinnacle of our business here. Feet, so if I want a 60 foot boat, it's going to cost me a million bucks. Do I have a crew? That's on not, you can, well? you're going to need a crew. No, but I mean, you can get into a million dollar 40 foot boat too. It's uh, that used to be kind of a big benchmark in our business. And it seems to kind of shatter. Now, once you get into the, the Southern market, South Florida is where you get into the, the five, six, $10 million boats. Here we see very little of that. Interesting. Oh, so huh. you got to hit it big and buy a $10 million boat from me. That's what you Yeah, need. there you go. There you go. I just need somebody. Get this Chogi, this cross check management needs to kick off so you can <laughs> buy a big boat from me. USS cross check. That's right. We'll have a, we'll, yeah, we'll get, we'll, yeah, we'll put some big speakers. Yours comes there. with a paddle. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, definitely. Well, that, that's something definitely to, to look forward to. <laughs> that's great. Well, listen, Todd Whitman, he is yacht broker extraordinaire. Todd, how can the audience find you? Yeah, you can go to our website, not10.com, and uh, you can see all the inventory that we have. And uh, it gets updated every day. We, we list and sell every day. 10.com. That's right. Well, we'll definitely be promoting that. the number one, the number zero.com. that. Okay. Well, we'll definitely be promoting that on our end as well. So that's awesome. So, so listen, so, so Todd, so thank you so much for joining us today on Buy, Hold, Sell. I really appreciate it. I know the audience appreciates it as well. So on behalf of Todd Whitman, I am Todd Schoenberger. And thanks again for joining us today for Buy, Hold, Sell Special Report on the boating industry. We'll catch you next time. Take care. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one?